Welcome to Gateway Church's Sermon of the Week, where our goal is to equip the believer to do the work of the ministry. We hope that you enjoy this week's sermon by the senior leader here at Gateway Church, Pastor Chris Monahan. There's prophetic words that have been spoken um, over the last two decades that we are, we're standing on. We're believing God for our nation. Um, it, it's even said that on Val- at Valley Forge, George Washington had a vision. It was a three-part vision about what would happen to America. And um, it talks about in this final vision that there would be trying times over America, but we would prevail. I want to encourage you that it's so vital that we do not throw aside the prophetic words that we've been given in the last season. You know, prophets have been thrown under the bus last year. Holy smoke. It was like, let's throw a prophet under a bus. Well, I tell you, we need the prophets. And we need to stand and believe with the prophets and stand on what's been spoken uh, so that we have faith for what's coming ahead. And I'm encouraged um, in the season that we're in, but I want to talk about what the Lord has really dropped in my heart for the 2022 season. And the, um, what God has spoken to me is that 2022 will be a year of advancing the kingdom. Okay, hold it down. Hold back the excitement, okay? All right, just keep it down. All right, I don't know if God could use your passion, you know. And, you know, sometimes people get upset about charismatic churches and that we're a little too extreme and emotional. But can I tell you that it's easier to restrain a fanatic than it is to raise the dead? So if you guys are a little crazy, I'm good with crazy. But if y'all dead, I'm not good with that. I'm telling you. Man, oh man. I'm going to just say that again. 2002 will be a year of advancing the kingdom in our region. Oh, you brought him back for this week. I didn't know if he was coming back this week. Thanks, Charlie. You know I needed help there. So in the Passion Translation, it says this about the kingdom. From the moment John stepped onto the scene until now, The realm of heaven's kingdom is bursting forth and dead people, I'm sorry, and passionate people have taken hold of its power. We are a passionate people and it's important that we walk in boldness. And I want to talk about boldness today. God loves boldness. Come on, look at your name and say, God loves boldness. Sharpen your elbow up a little bit too. Maybe get them in the ribs a little bit because, you know, God sees boldness, and he's attracted to boldness. And we have to be a church that's bold. Proverbs 28.1 says that the righteous are bold as a lion. Now, why are we bold as a lion? It's because we know our righteousness comes from the Lord and what he did for us. His righteousness is a gift. It comes from faith. It comes from belief. It's not this thing stirred up in us. And you're going to begin to feel that boldness of the Spirit come on your life this year. It's a beautiful thing. I want to talk about how to, how to walk in that. I want to talk about uh, Peter and John this morning. And how we look at Peter and John, and these were ordinary men, just like you and I. They were ordinary folks. And God used them mightily. Even after Jesus, their master, was taken up from them, the Holy Spirit came upon them. The same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead lives in us. Jesus didn't resurrect 
just for you. He resurrected with you. And this is the, the shift of mindset that you and I have to have. It's why my picture is on the devil's war room posting right now. He hates my guts because I'm telling you, you are powerful. You can make a stand. You have to walk in boldness this year. But it's a thing of the spirit. It's not a thing of the flesh. I'm talking about being bold in the flesh. I'm talking about being bold in the spirit. It's beautiful. And God is attracted to it. If you have a bulletin, you can fill that in. Boldness is beautiful, isn't it? I just can't get over how much the Lord loves boldness. I'm telling you, there's some people out there today that, that they have a lot of faults in them, but because they're bold, the Spirit of God is all over them. They have a lot of warts and problems and other issues, but the Lord's like, I just love their boldness. And I'm going to tell you that this is the year that we begin to walk in the boldness of the Lord. In our scripture for today in Acts chapter 3, it says, Now Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. I believe that's 3 p.m. Um, and a man lame from birth was carried, whom they had laid daily at the gate of the temple that is called the beautiful gate, to ask alms to those entering the temple. Seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked to receive alms. And you know what I believe is happening in this season is that in our everyday life, God is going to begin to move. It wasn't like John and Peter and John, they had some outreach planned and, okay, we're going to go out, we're going to go heal the sick, we're going on a treasure hunt. We're... No, it was just on their everyday life. God is going to begin to move on your job, as you go to school, as you're washing your dishes. The Lord's going to give you that unction, that boldness to do things that you normally don't do. And it goes on to say in Acts chapter 3, and Peter directed his gaze at him as did John. Now, remember, the guy was looking for silver or gold. He was looking for alms. He's looking for something in the natural. But we're the ones who have the spiritual eyes. And God is going to show us. And notice that Peter looked at him. He gazed at him. He had it in his eyes like, God, this is what you want to do here. Remember, Jesus, when he walked the planet, he said, I only do what I see the Father doing. And so it's, we're always walking, say, Lord, what do you want to do? And this is, you know, I, could, I remember times like, we, you know, we're at our house and, and we go to you know, pour out our Captain Crunch cereal and we go in the refrigerator and we're all excited to get our vitamin D level two milk, whatever it's called. I don't even know. I'm, we, we grab it. We open it up. Oh, no, it's spoiled. Like, no, I can't have my Captain Crunch cereal. And instead of looking at that as, as something terrible and depressing and as the end of the world, we go, Oh, the Lord has somebody to minister to at Myers, and I'm going to get my vitamin D milk, and God, you're going to make this opportunity of that sour milk to do something. We begin to look at those times when we run out of something as an opportunity just to keep our spiritual eyes open for us to minister. And Peter fixed his gaze. They were just doing their normal routine thing to pray, and he told the man, he said, look at us. And the man looked, fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I have no silver and gold, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. You see, he was looking for something in the natural, but Peter had something else in mind. He knew that God wanted to touch and heal him today. Can we begin to think along those lines in this season? That God is going to begin to do the supernatural things, and we're going to stop and say, God, let's see what you do. How many know that boldness is messy, though? <laughs> I'm going to need my water. 
Boldness can be messy. It's beautiful, but it can be messy. How many have seen boldness be messy this year? You know, I've made a little mess in our town uh, this year a little bit because I one of the things I cannot stand is mask mandates. That's just my thing. If you look up and you study what a mask is, it's a medical device, according to the FDA. So when I walk into buildings and, they, and I do not put on my mask, I won't. And you may say, I disagree. I think you're helping save lives. I think people have a savior complex out there. And they don't realize that if there's no medical proof that masks are do any good for you. Actually, they do harm to, uh, to, to your body by wearing them for a long period of time. I hate that they're putting them on their children in schools. Just something that bugs me. I believe that this is something I will stand up against. And it takes boldness to do that. It's something I believe I am convicted about and I've studied about. And so when people intimidate me or try to threaten me to throw me out, I just let them know that I'm exempt from these things because I do not believe that they are doing good for our society. It's something that I stand up against. And um, I've caused a little fuss. I've got on the front page of the newspaper for it. And I'm not planning on it. It's not my goal. But the reason I do that is because it, it convicts me. But boldness is messy. It is very messy. And people don't know what to do with you when you stand up for your rights. And this is exactly what happened when this man got healed. They took him by the right hand. They raised him up. Immediately his feet and ankles were made strong. And leaping up, he stood and began to walk and entered the temple with them. Walking and leaping and praising God. Let's all say that together. Walking and leaping and praising God. How many know that this offended the religious people of that day, the people in power, the people who were in charge of the temple? They became offended because someone else was doing good things and they weren't getting credit for it. This is what we're dealing with in our society. And it's time that the church is not just a people of word, but we're also a people of deed. This is not just doing kind works, even though, you know, as a church, we focused on that, reaching out to our community, speaking up for the voiceless, standing for those who can't stand for themselves or have a voice. But we have to be powerful in both word and deed. What we say needs to be powerful, but there needs to be signs and wonders that happen in our lives as well. That when we pray for the sick, they get healed. When we speak prophetic words over them, it grabs people. It grabs their hearts. We're, we're walking in the spiritual power. It's not enough for us to be nice, but we need to be powerful. Peter and John were powerful. Why? Because they walked with Jesus. Anybody walking with Jesus? This is what happens when you walk with Jesus. Supernatural stuff begins to happen. But let's see what happens in Acts chapter 4. It says, as they were speaking to the people, the priests and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees, they were Sadducee, and they came upon them greatly annoyed. How many know that miserable people love religion? I don't like religion. I want faith and power. I want things to be active. I'm about God moving through everyday people. And it goes on to say they were greatly annoyed because they were teaching the people and proclaiming Jesus, and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. And this is the spirit that we're coming against in our society. It's a, it's a spirit of pride and arrogance. It's a spirit of, I know I'm right. And we're looked upon as the foolish ones, the dumb ones. And you know what? That's okay. Because that's the, what they looked. They looked at Peter and John like that as well. And we have to stand with Jesus. Jesus. 
in this season. And I'll tell you, one of the things I've gone after, and I haven't realized how much pride is in the church, is in ministry, but it's in almost every area of society. It's this arrogant spirit that's dependent on their own education or their experience or their know-how. And it's void of the Spirit of God. It's void of humility. And can I tell you, that is very dangerous. And I would love to point the finger at, oh, they're prideful out here, but I've been looking in my own heart where there's, where there's pride, where there's dependence on myself or my experience or my success. And I ran into this problem that God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Now, it doesn't say he opposes the, the prideful sinners. He will oppose you and me if we're proud. And so humility, and I've always said, Lord, why isn't humility in the, in the fruit of the Spirit? I didn't say hillbilly. I said humility. Just so you know, what's hillbilly? It's humility. Humility is not in the fruit of the Spirit because it's your access to the fruit of the Spirit through humility. If you don't have joy, you say, Lord, I humble myself. Give me joy today. If you don't have love, you say, Lord, I need love today. If you don't have self-control, Lord, I need help. I need, you're always dependent on the Lord. And so let me give you the definition of pride for your neighbor. It said, pride is an excessive belief in one's own abilities that interferes with the individual's recognition of the grace of God. So if someone is unwilling to pray or humble themselves or get advice or even the worship, that's often a sign of I trust in myself. And that's a dangerous place to be. If, we, if we're praying and if something goes wrong, oftentimes our first thing is to go into this mode of I can fix it, I'm smart, I can do it. Don't do that. The first response needs to be, Lord, what do you want me to do? Lord, I need your help. Lord, come and, and move. So when we depend on our God, we are walking in humility. When we are depending on anything or anyone else, we put ourselves in direct opposition to our creator. You see, this is what happens. That people want to put their trust in government. They want to put their trust in the medical community. They want to put their, their trust in the financial situation. But, friend, we can't. We have to put our trust in the Lord and in, in Him only because this is the season that we're in. And when we talk about humility, the best definition of humility is by Andrew Murray, in my opinion, my humble opinion. I'm writing a book right now. It's called The Greatest Book on Humility Ever Written. Um, it'll be out soon. But Andrew Murray says this, is that humility is it's, I know this. Humility is our entire dependence is on God. It just, humility comes down to dependence. I'm dependent on you. We're childlike. Never changes. You know, we have to be dependent on the Lord. There was a man in the Bible named King Uzziah. It says this in 2 Chronicles 26, 15, and 16. In the Message Bible, King Uzziah became well known for all this, a famous king. Everything seemed to go his way. But, everybody say but, then the strength and success went to his head, arrogant and proud he fell. This is what happens in many ministries. Many churches, they become successful. Many pastors, they become successful or influential. 
and they begin to depend on their own skills, their own know-how, instead of depending on the Lord. And when we do this, and no matter what profession you are, the moment you stop depending on the Lord and start depending on your own strength, God will oppose you. And friend, you want God opposing you? That's just not a good plan. Write that down. (laughs) That's not a good plan. But if you're humble, God will flow through you. You're like a landing strip for God. Come on. Like, I want to be a landing strip for God. It's humble, Lord. Lord, I humble myself before you. I don't know what I'm doing. I could tell. I could give you 50 answers of what to do. I could parse that Greek verb and (laughs) define this Hebrew word in the Bible. But if I don't have your spirit inside of me, it's no good. My translation or anything I say or do, it's, it's worthless unless you are with me, Lord. So, it's, so we see what happened to King Uzziah. He was very successful. But the moment he became famous, he became proud. And then God began to oppose him. Andrew Murray said this, Just as water always seeks to fill the lowest place, so the moment God finds men abased and empty, his glory and power flow to exalt and to bless. We have to be like water. You know, I have water issues, getting water away from my house. And, you know, we have the gutters just going away from the foundation of my home. And no matter what I do, I, I, I can dig a little deeper. But that water, it always seeks to go lower. If I can make another path, it will go. If it's lower, the water goes lower. As Christians, we need to understand what humility is in going low. And this doesn't mean that you may think, how can we be bold and go low? I'll show you. Because we can expect the power of God to come on our lives when we're humble. So we see there's, there's a spirit in the world today I call the spirit of Leviathan. And Leviathan is something that I, every day, I say, God, rid this spirit from me. We have uh, the declarations. I pray declarations uh, around my life every day. I do 10 declarations get, based on the gates of Nehemiah. And I declare these things. And one of my declarations is to pray against the spirit of Leviathan. It's interesting because this, this spirit is defined, I would say, in four ways. Number one, it's prideful. And it's prideful because maybe of the money it has, the success it has, the, and it comes across as superior. How many know we're battling this in our society right now? It's a Leviathan spirit. Friend, I talked to some politicians, people in high places. I'm like, bro, that's a Leviathan spirit right there. You think you're smarter, you know more. But let me tell you, if you don't put your trust in God and faith in God, your position won't save you. You're about as useful as a, as a nice pen without any ink in it. Let me tell you, it's so vital right now that you put your trust in God and you walk in the fear of God. doesn't matter. So the, the second thing that this spirit addresses is it's controlling because it thinks it's right. It actually knows it's right. And if you question it, it will rise up against you. Um, how many know this is in the church? Control. You can't, this, the, the, this spirit of Leviathan is in operation in the church throughout history. And guess what it does? It totally suppresses any move of the spirit. It gets into tradition instead of into what God is doing. It gets into education instead of who God is moving on. You know, God can use someone that just got off a, a, a drug addiction and boom, God could put them up and put them in my place. And if he wants to do that, we need to let him do that. But what happens is 
is this spirit, it's prideful, it's controlling, it thinks it's superior, and it begins to cut down anyone else that has any other dissenting voice against this. How many have felt this spirit um, over the last year? It's strong, okay, and it's, it's, it's strong. And it operates through intimidation. Oh, and I'm going to tell you, I will not be controlled by this spirit anymore. I will not let people intimidate me. Because I, I, I never want to be intimidating. I'm a powerful person. I want you to be powerful too. I don't come at you as a powerful person to try to make you feel small. That's what the Leviathan spirit does. And to hell with the Leviathan spirit. Amen? God wants you powerful. And so when I come at you powerful, I tell you, you you're a powerful person too. We all need to be powerful together. But it's not powerful because I know more, but it's powerful because of who we know. And we know the Lord Jesus Christ, and we're humble, and we're seeking after God. But I'm not going to live in that spirit of intimidation anymore. And I'm not going to let the world intimidate me. Come on. Now, it's interesting. How many have read the book of Job before? I feel like, I feel like Job. Okay. You know, uh, Job is a fascinating book. But it's what the most fascinating things about the book of Job is Job, at the end of the book, he asks God 160 questions. Why this, God? Why this? Why the why? Why? And then you know how the Lord responds to Job? He asks him back 166 questions. And I think that oftentimes this spirit is a this is a when we begin to question everything instead of the trust. The important thing is that we get beyond the questions and we begin to trust. You're never going to have 100% proof of anything, but you got to know the Lord and you got to follow the voice of the Lord and be obedient. But the fascinating thing about the end of the book of Job is the Lord ends up talking for like five or six paragraphs about Leviathan. It kind of reminds me of, if, if you ever, you know, some of us who are married, your spouse kind of mentions something at the end of the conversation, just subtly, you know, because you need to do this, you need to address this. So I just kind of put it in at the end of the conversation. I believe Job had a spirit of Leviathan on him. And that's why the Lord brought it up at the end of the book of Job to say, Job, you've got to deal with this thing in your own heart, the pride of who you are and, 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 Blaming me for things instead of trusting me. I'm not going to throw Job under the bus. So when we, look in the, when we look into the scriptures, we know that we're dealing with a very powerful spirit in our society today. It's intimidating. It's prideful. It's controlling. In Job 41, it says, Will you play with him as a bird or will you put him on a leash for your girls? Lay your hands on him. Remember the battle. You will not do it again. This is a very powerful spirit to deal with. It's something that you should be researching out more and saying, God, how do I overcome this thing? But can I tell you that there are many leaders today that are lacking boldness, many people in positions of power that have lost their backbone. And this is oftentimes because of that Leviathan spirit. They're trusting in their own education and success and position. And we need to not do that. Acts 20, 27 says, Paul says this, For I did not shrink from declaring to you the whole counsel of God. How many know there's many preachers today that are holding back on preaching everything God wants them to preach in fear of losing people? 
I am more concerned today about losing my country than I am about losing my job here, just so you know. That's the way I live my life. Number three, boldness is persecuted. It's beautiful, it's messy, but it's also persecuted. Second Corinthians says, therefore, since we have such hope, we are very bold. I have hope. How about you? Hope gives me boldness. Hope reminds me that I can make a difference. One person can make a difference. Aren't you glad that Rosa Parks didn't sit down in the back of the bus? Amen? She stood up to the things that needed to be stood up against. One of my favorite people out there today, if you want to define, see somebody that's bold, look up Dr. Stella Emanuel. How many have heard of Dr. Stella Emanuel? Anybody see her before? Look her up on YouTube. If you want to, if you look up boldness in the dictionary, you're going to find this lady's picture. She is there. She is a, a doctor from Africa, and uh, she has been on the forefront she's, uh, of helping people get well, saving lives. Not one person under her care died of COVID-19 because she was using medicine that was safe medicine called hydro hydroxychloroquine. She was using it because they use it in Africa all the time. She took it once a week as a child. She said, this stuff is good for you. It's not bad for you. It's healthy. It's safe. Take it. She knew it because it's a 60-year-old drug. She didn't believe the lies that uh, St. Fauci was spewing out, and she stood up to it, and she's saving lives. You understand? She's saving lives. And they, they confronted her. Like, who do you think you are? Because the funny thing about Dr. Stella, not funny, but she is a deliverance minister. And she casts out demons. All right? And let me tell you, demons are real. All right? And uh, she actually does, she casts out demons that are tormenting people in the nighttime. And, she, and so she was, she had CNN reporters come to her and say, we, we hear you believe in demons. She's like, well, duh, every, demons exist. You don't believe demons exist? What's wrong with you? And, and they're like, I'm just asking questions. And she says, I dare you to bring the CNN anchors here and sit with me for one hour in this room because they will be slithering like snakes on the floor as I begin to pray and the power of God will hit them. They're like, holy smoke. I like her. I like her a lot. She's bold. But she's saving lives. She's one of my heroes. You know what Peter and John, that the Sadducees and the Pharisees, they came after them. Acts 4 says that, and they arrested them and put them in custody. What did they put them in custody for? For healing a lame guy that was been lame all his life and saving his life and pulling him out of that stage of, of poverty and sickness. And, and he was walking and leaping and praising God. What could be the problem? But they arrested him. They arrested Peter and John. And I'm going to tell you, they're going to arrest us for doing good. Some of you might get a jail ministry this year. Why? Because we're going to be doing good. And it doesn't matter who gets the credit for it. It's that controlling Leviathan spirit that we need to stand up against. Because it will squash the spirit of God inside of you. And I'm going to tell you, you're not going to squash God's spirit inside of me. When I feel slimed or persecuted, God tells me, get bolder. Get bolder. Stand up against that thing. Cast that thing out. I'll tell you, because this is the time that we need to do it. And we can't be afraid. And I love it because the Sadducees and the Pharisees begin to question them. 
by, by what power or by what name did you do this? And they're like, well, it's Jesus, man. Come on. Jesus. And they're thinking, well, they didn't, you know, you didn't go to my school. You didn't have my education. You don't have my bank account. You don't have my fame and my prestige. How did that happen? It couldn't have happened. But I love this. And this is, this is the verse I want you guys to take home with you today. It says in Acts chapter 4, it says, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, that's what I want you to stir up this year, is that people will see the boldness of God on your lives. Because the Bible says, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated, common men, they were astonished. And they recognized that they had been with Jesus. So what happens, I want to give you the three things that, that they saw. And I want you guys, I want you guys to remember these are the three things that I want people to see on my life this year. Number one, they saw that they were uneducated. They're going to say, how can you confront that? You're uneducated. You don't have the, the background that I have or the training that I have. And let me tell you, I stand up to false information. I don't know if you know that. I stand up to lies that are going on in the media, and I won't stop. We've lost funding for a hunger relief center because your pastor stands up to lies in the community. Because I'm here to make this place better. And lies do nothing but destroy our society. And people say, you don't have the right to, to speak out against that. You're not educated like I do. But let me tell you, I sit face to face with some of the smartest people in the world. And what I'm telling you is what they're telling me. And they're ten times smarter than any talking head out there on the media. But I don't care if they call me uneducated. The number two, they call them common. You guys are just common folks. You're not elite. You don't have the Ph.D. Well, I have a Ph.D., it's praise, healing, and deliverance, okay? That's my Ph.D. And that's all you have. You're all Ph.D.s as well. That's what we need to walk in. And, they, and it says that they were common. Now, can I give you the Greek word for common? All right, here we go. It means one devoid of special learning or gifts, a plain person, ungifted. Now, do you see that word, idiotes? How about you? But that kind of sounds like idiots. They're a bunch of uneducated idiots. <laughs> Come on, how many know that that's, that's the way they talk about the church, right? They look at us like you guys are uneducated and you guys are a bunch of idiots. But you're doing something amazing. And we can't stop you because we see you're still bold. And we're going to come against you even harder. We're going to arrest you. We're going to persecute you. We're going to, we're going to look down on you. We're superior than you. <laughs> but I've been with Jesus. That's what I tell people. I've been with Jesus. And if you've been with Jesus, it doesn't matter anything else. Nothing else matters. Can I tell you, that's what we need to do every day is spend time with the Lord. Listen to the Lord. Follow his voice. And when God says do something, do it. Don't delay. Just do it. Pray for that person. Release healing over that person. 
Give that person that $100. Whatever, you are, whatever the Lord puts in you, follow the Spirit in this season. Learn to hear His voice and to act upon His voice. Don't hold back when God tells you, get equipped, get trained. We are advancing in 2022. And this is the, this is the giant that we're taking down. How many know we're the Davids? You and I are the Davids. But we're giant killers. And we look at those giants in media and medicine. How many know it's, this, is, this is Farmageddon, can I tell you? It's not Armageddon, it's Farmageddon. The health field is so powerful. They're more powerful than governments right now. It's Farmageddon. we got to speak out against Farmageddon. we got to stand up, even if they call us idiots and uneducated. It's time for you and I that we have the boldness of the Lord on our lives. You and I walk in that authority. And let me tell you, as I close, number four, boldness is renewable. Some of you in last season have lost your boldness. You've lost it. You failed. You screwed up on a relationship. You got divorced. Your, your, your financial situation, you went bankrupt. You did something stupid. And you feel like, oh, God, you can't use me now. Can I tell you that this is the season, 2022 is the season that you are going to be restored and renewed no matter what you failed at. I see in this season, people are going to get it. He showed me earlier this year that just like Peter was on the boat feeling guilty that he forsook Jesus, that he failed Jesus, he turned on him. God showed me that this is the season that the Peters are going to be jumping out of their boats and returning to Jesus and getting restored. That's this season. And so when, when they come back, let's let them come back. But boldness is renewable. And let's close. We're going to close with this scripture in Acts chapter 4. After Peter and John got released, it says, And now the Lord looked upon their threats, and they prayed this prayer. It says, And now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness while you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. You see, this was the prayer that they prayed because they, they felt that spirit of Leviathan come against them. But what did they pray for? They said, God, give us the boldness to stand up against their threats. Come on, how many have felt threatened, threatened this year? Threatened last year, you know? And the threats are going to be greater and greater. But that's only a sign that we're heading in the right direction. They're trying to squash us. They're trying to shut us up. That's what they told the disciples. You can leave, but you don't have freedom of speech anymore. You can't speak out in the name of Jesus. And guess what they said? No way. It's time that you and I as the church, we rise up in that boldness and we pray. You see, this is a boldness that comes not through the flesh, but a boldness that says, God, we need you. We need your help. If you don't move, God, we can't move. Move by your hand to heal. Use us with signs and wonders through the holy name of Jesus. Come on, let's stand together this morning as we close. Honey, can you come on up for a second? These are the four things that we used to pray for. But this is the scripture in Acts 4. 
says, and when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. And this year, Lord, I pray right now that as we go forth in this new year, Lord, that we would have a spirit of boldness. Father, that we would repent of pride, that we would renounce the spirit of Leviathan. Lord, that we would humble ourselves before you. And Lord, that we would ask for boldness because this is what the fruits of your kingdom are. Lord, that we, we lean on you and not on our own understanding. So Lord, I release supernatural boldness over us as a body. Lord, that this is gonna be a season of signs and of wonders. Lord, that you are gonna release the prophetic like never before. Lord, I release the prophetic. Lord, when we're in the grocery store, you're gonna give us a word for somebody. Lord, that when we're at work, we're going to get downloads from heaven for our, our other employees that are around us. Lord, that you are going to fill us with the boldness of heaven because you live inside of us, Lord. So, Lord, I release that over us as a body. Lord, just pour into us this morning boldness, confidence as we lean, not on our own understanding. But Lord, we lead on you today in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to Gateway Church's Sermon of the Week. Make sure to follow us on whatever platform you're listening to this on. And for more information, videos, sermons, or events, check out our website at igateway.org. Thank you and have a blessed week.